0: So today we're reading from Matthew chapter 26. We're actually going to read verses 14 through 16 and then jump down to verse 20 through 25. So a little bit of uh, info about this passage. I kind of skipped the part about Judas because it's continued down in verse 20. So I skipped it yesterday. And we're going to talk a little bit about the betrayer today. So Matthew 26, verse 14 and 16 first says, Then one of the twelve, the one called Judas Iscariot, went to the chief priest and asked, What are you willing to do to give me, sorry, if I deliver him over to you? So they counted out for him 30 pieces of silver. From then on, Judas watched for an opportunity to hand him over. When evening came, this is verse 20 now, Jesus was reclining at the table with the twelve. And while they were eating, he said, Truly I tell you, one of you will betray me. They were very sad and began to say to him one after the other, Surely you don't mean me, Lord. Jesus replied, The one who has dipped his hand into the bowl with me will betray me. The Son of Man will go just as it is written about him. But woe to that man who betrays the Son of Man. It would be better for him if he had not been born. Then Judas, the one who would betray him, said, Surely you don't mean me, Rabbi. Jesus answered, You have said so. Man, so much in these verses. The first is that I see that Judas exchanges relationship with God for something very cheap, 30 pieces of silver, which we know from the Gospels he will later regret. There have been all kinds of theories about why Judas did this. The, The one that's intriguing to me, I don't know that this is the reason, but people have said maybe Judas, as kind of a zealot, Uh, was trying to force Jesus' hand. So he's trying to get Jesus arrested so then Jesus would fight back. That's an interesting theory. I don't know that that's the reason why. We may never know the reason why for sure. What we do know is that Judas goes and he... I'm sorry, Judas goes and he exchanges uh, this relationship with the Messiah... For 30 pieces of silver. And I would say to us in our lives, we have to be very careful that we don't exchange the good things that God wants for us. The relationship we have with God. The everlasting life that Christ wants to give us. The abundant, the life to the full. For things that won't last. For cheap things. For whether it be actual things. Whether it be power, success. Whether it be some relationship in our lives that takes priority over God, even something as good as family, but other relationships as well. Um, we have to be careful because it's really easy sometimes to get lured in by things and and to believe that maybe, maybe this will make it better. And, and even if Judas' motive was to force Jesus' hand, he was trying to bring about the will of God in his time, in his power. And so even control is one of those things that we might need to let go of. But the second thing and the really big thing that many people have pointed out more recently, and uh, I've seen even memes that say Judas ate too, meaning that at the Passover meal, Judas is present. And, And that from the conversation we have It doesn't feel like Jesus has treated him any differently, even though Jesus knew. Jesus knew that he would betray him. And so this is a crazy thing. In John, we see Jesus washes the disciples' feet, and Judas is there too. And so thinking about Jesus, who calls us to love our enemies, has an enemy present with him, so much so he treats Judas the exact same. To the point that the other disciples don't know it's Judas either. They don't even know if it might be them. So they're all asking, Lord, is it I? And ultimately, even Judas asks that, even though he knows it's him. He's already done the exchange. He's already gotten money. Um, But he's going along with everyone else. And Jesus then acknowledges that it is Judas. But it's interesting that we don't get this conversation. We don't get the conversation of everyone pointing at Judas. We knew it was him. Sure, everybody may have had their suspicions, but the first thing they ask is, is it me? Is it I? Am I the one? And and it shows us that Jesus loved Judas well. And it calls us to then think about what it means to love our enemies and those who even persecute us, as Jesus says. This one who betrays him, who stabs him in the back, that he doesn't, the other disciples don't even know that he is the one. And they don't know if they might be the one that Jesus is talking about. So a couple of things for us. Don't get short-sighted today. Don't exchange God's glory for something that looks appealing right now and may not last will not last Um, and the second thing is ask god to give you the love that he has for even your enemy see that the more we love god the deeper we fall in love with god the more we will love people people who are created in the image of our god and so it is impossible to love god scripture says, and hate your brother who is created in the image of God. So Jesus models this for us very well in his closest companions. And you know, and I know the people that will hurt you the deepest are the ones you're closest to. Like if some stranger says something bad about you or stabs you in the back, it may hurt, but it's a stranger. If your family, if your significant other if one, somebody in your close circle hurts you, it's a lot easier to retaliate, to lash out. That's why in divorce situations, I've had to mediate some couples who are going through some, some rough times and even divorce. Um, man, it can get really, really heated because we've been that personal, that intimate with those people um, that, that there is so much love there that then the anger becomes even greater. Everything gets um, amplified. So think about Jesus' closest circle of friends, and this is one who betrays him. I also think, and I'll end with this, that there was always hope for Judas. Judas just couldn't see it. So even after the betrayal, uh, we've heard the story, Judas goes and hangs himself. He takes that money he got that he was, that was so short-sighted, right? He regrets his decision immediately. He buys a field and he hangs himself. I believe, just looking at the story of Peter, looking at Jesus' life in general, Peter comes back after his big failure and Jesus doesn't bring it up to him. Doesn't even say a word about it. Doesn't lecture him, doesn't do anything. He just says, do you love me, Peter? And I believe that same opportunity was open for Judas. So here's a good news for those of us who may have feel like, who may feel like we have failed God in our lives, which is all of us at some point, Um, there's always hope of restoration as long as we're willing to accept it, as long as we're not willing to let guilt and shame keep us from Jesus. So today, lots to think about. Don't get short-sighted on this day. Don't get so caught up in these temporary kind of things that are shiny that we miss out on what God has for us. Learn to love your enemies as Christ has loved you. And then there's always hope. No matter how bad you have failed, no matter if you've been the betrayer, uh, there's always hope. Scripture is pretty clear that when we turn to God, God has always, like that father, the prodigal son, been running towards us all along. So run back to God. Turn towards God and you'll find God is right there waiting for you.